Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter BEST EVER to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Les Whitman. Hey, Les. Hey, Joe. Good to have you on the show, and I'm excited to hear your best ever advice. A little bit about Les before he goes into his background a little bit more. Uh, He got his real estate agent's license at 18 years old, and he currently does public adjusting. Uh, He's been doing that for more than three years. He's investing in real estate, working on uh, his next deal, and he's also the host of a popular real estate investing podcast in iTunes, so you can go check that out. It's called Life on Pyre. So go go look at that after you listen to this episode and um, enjoy the you know the guests that he has on there. And with that being said, Les, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on where you uh, how you got into real estate investing, what you're up to now, and also um, what you're focused on? Sure. Well, thank you, Joe, for having me, and and congratulations on making it into a new and noteworthy. Well, I'm thank you. Gunning, I'm gunning for your position. <laughs> well, we can share positions. We, we don't. We don't have to swap out. <laughs> That's right. So, as far as my background, I I got my real estate agent's license in New York at 18, and when I was 20 years old, I you know I was doing the uh, real estate part time and then college part time. And at 20, I, I was given money to invest and moved down to Florida for that. And I, about the end of 06, beginning of 07, I realized that the you know, inventory was climbing. And I, you know, this was a little bit tough for the investors. They didn't want to hear this. It took a little bit of uh, arguing back and forth. But I felt it would be suicidal to take out construction loans and build the projects we were going to build, you know, you're talking about a year or two down the line, and obviously we know what actually happened. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. I just didn't think that we would be able to hold on to the property for that long and still make it profitable with the construction loans. So after that, you know, I kind of, it took me a little while to find uh, my footing again, but I, uh, a friend that asked me to join his firm, and uh, as a public adjuster. So as a public adjuster, I help property owners deal with insurance companies when they have a covered loss, making sure that they get fair coverage from the insurance company. You realize, you know, the insurance company's investors are looking to pay out the least on a claim, and I'm there to make sure you get the most on your claim. And uh, Joe, as you mentioned, I uh, recently launched my podcast called Life on Pyre, and that stands for Passive Income Retire Early. And the goal is to introduce fund managers and syndicators to people who want to invest passively. So a little different than your show, I'm focused on the passive investor and not the active 
type of investor. So based on your experience, both from a real estate background and also uh, what I find really interesting is your work as a public adjuster working with property owners to make sure that they get the most out of their insurance claim. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say if you have a loss and you think it's going to be covered by the insurance company, or even if you're not sure, always call a public adjuster before you go ahead and call your insurance company. Uh, I liken that to, you know, if you call the insurance company on your own, that's similar to going into court without an attorney, losing the case, and then getting an attorney to appeal it. That's kind of what you'd be doing if you don't call a a public adjuster. And why is that? For several reasons. Like I mentioned in the beginning is that the insurance company is sending someone out and they're not there to maximize your claim. They want to get away with paying the least amount they can. That's one primary reason. And often even more important is that there's mitigation that you need to do as the property owner And then on the flip side of that, if you do too much mitigation, the insurance company will sometimes say that you impeded their right to investigate. So it's a very slim line of where it's good amount of mitigation and where it's too much mitigation. Or some people I've had where they they think that they should show the insurance company how something's still ongoing. So let's say for an example, you have a water leak. They, They think that it's better to let it keep going so that they can show the insurance company what the problem is. And that's that can be really damaging to your case. And that's because the insurance company is saying would say you should have used common sense and stopped it? Exactly. So, yeah, the example I was giving you before we, we, we did the interview is let's say somebody, you have a water leak in a kitchen. So as, as far as the insurance company – now, again, I'm talking about Florida. I'm licensed in Florida, so I'm really unfamiliar with other states, and this is why you really want to talk to, to a public adjuster in your state. But here in Florida, if you have a leak, it's your responsibility to stop the leak. Now, let's say it damaged a couple of the c- cabinets in the kitchen. If you go ahead and replace the kitchen and, or the cabinets that got damaged and then call the insurance company, they'll say they don't see any damage now. So you impeded their right to investigate. Now, if you let the water run, they'll say that that's negligence. You didn't do your part to protect the property. So that's an example there. And that's a pretty – that's a simple example. But then when you get into cases where you have, say, a shower pan leak, do you want to rip up the shower to to replace the pan? You're going to impede their right to – you may impede their right to investigate. On the other hand, you don't want the water to continue leaking. So it, this is a very case-by-case kind of right. assessment that we need to do to see where is the right amount of mitigation, where it's not too much or too little. And then obviously there's kind of repairs that are going to cost you five or ten grand just to do the minimal, the minimal repair. Like you know, if, you, if, there's a, if one of your lines burst under the slab. So each case is going to be a little different how it's mitigated and when it's too much and when it's too little. And you just had something happen in your condo. What 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 uh what's going oh, on with that? Oh yeah, that's a real mess. So I'm on the top floor, which is the 18th floor, uh, about two blocks from the beach in Miami Beach. So 
pretty nice views. I like that. But uh, last Monday night, so what are we today? Tuesday, yeah. So about a week ago, uh, one of the main pipes, one of the supply lines burst in the wall between my unit and the next unit, my next door neighbor. Uh, apparently, that was shooting about 100 gallons a minute. And, you know, and obviously, in a, this is a 450-unit complex, so it took a while. This happened at about, I believe, a little bit after 8 o'clock at night. So it took a while for the maintenance staff to get here and figure out what pipe was leaking. And from what I understand from security, there was about 10,000 gallons that was shot out and leaked down, you know, the entire 18 floors down into the lobby. And we have a restaurant in the building. So it really went all over the place. When I got home at about 9 o'clock, there was probably four to six inches of water in the hallway. So and and what, disaster. as a public adjuster, what are your immediate thoughts and how do you approach that type of situation? Well, the thing is it's a little different because I've never been on this side of a loss. So, it, you know, it took a little bit of, as a, a, you know, there was a little bit of shock there. But, you know, after, so the first thing I did was call a friend of mine who's in the business. Uh, they're in, he's in the restoration business which is they, they'll come out and dry up the water. So, you know, that'll help prevent mold in the future and things like that. And you just, you need help with that kind of amount, with that amount of water. You need somebody to come there and vacuum it up. And, you know, they were here in my unit until about 2 a.m. And they were probably in, in the building, you know, for about 24 to 48 hours after that. So that was my first thing. And then obviously, you know, I, I started talking to neighbors to see what kind of damage they had and explain to them about – it gets a little complicated. With condos, there's the, – the association policy won't cover what happened inside your condo. The association policy will cover for drywall and out. And then from paint and in is the – your policy will cover that. So you would need to have an individual policy for your condo to cover that. So whenever whenever something like this happens as a property owner, the first thing we should do is address the the problem so that it is stopped if it has not stopped. And then and that's through a comp- a professional company that comes in and um, fixes it, whether it's a water leak or a fire or you know whatever. Um, are you taking pictures beforehand? Before you fix it, yeah, you you you, sh- you can't you can. I, the thing is, you know, it's useful to have that, uh, but more importantly, what we show the insurance company is the damage because the insurance company isn't responsible for your plumbing. They're responsible to pay for what got damaged. Uh, so yeah. obviously, if it if they end up denying it and we go to court, we want to have as much vi- you know visual of how bad it was at the time. But that isn't you know from my perspective, that isn't the main priority. The main priority is to show what got damaged. That makes it's sense. A little te- you know that's a little technical. I but find it makes sense. Of, Understand yeah. that, yeah. Uh, it, that's a interesting distinction where. The insurance company is like, yeah, I don't care if you have a pond in your 
your kitchen, it's just what damage did that pond cause? Because at that point, we enter into the game. But previous to that, if you have a big pond in your kitchen and for whatever reason it did zero damage, of course it would do something. But if it did zero, then guess what? We will pay zero. Exactly. Yeah, if you have a leak in the wall and there's absolutely no damage from it, the insurance company won't pay for that. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little tricky. I find a lot of people call me for something they think is covered and, you know, I I tell them that something else is what's really is covered. So, right. it's a little confusing sometimes. That's interesting. Les, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, absolutely. Best ever book you've read. I would say New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. It's more of a spiritual uh got me into meditation and a whole bunch of good stuff. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. So this was this was a tough one because you know you had uh there was a a lot of things that I've learned from. But I the one I had to go with was in 09. So I I got out of real estate in time, but then I made some other blunders and in 09 I really I lost everything, you know, they had to repo my car and you know it was really at the time, I was, you know, wasn't even sure how to pay the uh, the monthly rent. It was a really tough time, and uh, I guess from that, what I what I would say that I took away from that, it's not really so much business advice, but as far as uh, personally, you know, before that I'd grown up, I was all focused on money, 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 and you know, going through that experience, I learned that there's a lot, you know, I discovered meditation and the importance of relationships, and that there's a lot more to life than than money. Right, and that relationships are are more important than that family and relationship. It's a powerful and important lesson. Best ever success habit you practice? Daily meditation. Uh, first thing I do in the morning be, is uh, sit still for twenty five minutes, and I find that that gives me uh, an incredible uh, an incredible amount of clarity throughout the day. And it helps me from reacting, you know, it helps me keep on my schedule and stops me from reacting to everything around me as much. Best ever deal you've done? This was tough for me, but I think getting out on time, I would say, was the best deal. <laughs> Sometimes it's the deal that you don't do, right? Right. Best ever quote? So this is one from uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable owning something for 10 years then don't own it for 10 minutes. Oh, I like that. And he's someone we should probably listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the best ever place to reach you? You know, if you have uh, questions about insurance and that, I can give you my number. Uh, that's 305-747-8726. And I prefer text to calls, but you could call me there as well. Uh, as far as my... The podcast, that's you, you can search for that in iTunes, and that's Life on Pyre, which is like fire but with a P. And that stands for Passive Income, Retire Early, and it's lifeonpire.com as well. Well, thank you so much, Les, for joining the best ever listeners and sharing your advice both from a real estate investing standpoint and then also a public adjuster and really revealing – how to get the most out of an insurance claim and the appropriate steps that we should take and then also looking at an insurance claim from the insurance company's perspective 
because anything that we do, in my opinion, it's important to look at it from other perspectives to see what's important to the other side of the table, whether it's someone you're negotiating with in a deal or whether it's in a relationship or in this case with an insurance claim because then you can get to the core of the best way to communicate and the best way to achieve the desired outcome for both parties. Uh, so I think your insider knowledge on that was incredibly helpful and um, I'm glad that you're on the show and I'm glad you shared it with us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, and I hope the uh, best ever listeners really uh, enjoyed the information. All right. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. Thank you. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 